Talking Pictures Trivia presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 1. A New School Michael hoped to finally ask out Jane. His first year at Evergreen had been very difficult. After enjoying a rather easy, albeit anonymous, social life at his previous school, the junior year transfer had been rather difficult. In his first week, he had gotten into an argument with a lanky but geeky sophomore who had knocked him to the floor. Reputation ruined before it had even been established, Michael spent the rest of the year eating alone, reading alone, being alone. Sometime before the winter break, Michael no longer owned the title of New Kid. That designation had passed to Jane, a chess club girl who had moved too late in the year to join the chess club. She sat most days after school at a table in the library next to his. He couldn't tell what she was reading, but he knew it wasn't a magazine, like a lot of people who came into the library. But he couldn't see over the divide between library carols. All he was able to glimpse was her strawberry blonde hair swallowing up the earpieces, pumping unheard mysteries through the eddy of her earlobes. He kept trying to catch her attention. At one point, he purposely dropped a copy of Dante's Inferno next to her carol, trying to impress her. She leaned over, picked it up, and handed it back to him with just a smile. Nothing else. No words were exchanged. Back at home, he thought about how lonely he was, how much he wanted to spend time with her, and he decided the next day, after school at the library, before the start of the weekend, he would finally ask out Jane. This has been a Talking Pictures Trivia Theater production of The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has half off for our special, The Constipated Armadillo. The Constipated Armadillo. Oh, 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 oh. That's Screaming Lapel Pins. Pick one up today. Talking Pictures Trivia presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. Read by me, Tom. Chapter 2. The Box. After school, Michael hid out in the library trying to avoid seeing some of the people who were inclined to mock him. Nobody really beat him up, per se, but they liked to snicker. John Riley was a successful tight end and 215-pound wrestler with a clear path towards scholarship at a local college. Not a Division I, of course, but a solid private university that would offer him a decent chunk of change in exchange for his football services. Riley wasn't really a bad guy, he was somewhat bright and tutored elementary students in an urban library downtown. But always the wise-ass, Riley prodded Michael for the way Michael was dressed, or his acne. Secretly, Riley felt bad for Michael, 
The guy seemed lonely, and his gentle teasing was occasionally trying to open a door for conversation. But Michael, who made a monster out of his lost fight, a fight Riley actually either had forgotten about or had never learned about, always saw Riley as a classic bully in a very different high school dynamic than existed. But Michael wasn't thinking about Riley today. Today was going to be the day he asked out Jane. In order to attract her attention, he had spread out an art book on the library table, showing paintings from the Louvre. It was a Friday, and he was relaxing. Happy that he didn't have to do schoolwork tonight. Happy that he didn't have to get up early in the morning. Happy to potentially see Jane again. He closed the book and lifted up his bag, searching for a Twix bar he thought he left somewhere at the bottom. Something was down there. He reached down and found a small box with a note taped to it. The box was cardboard, and the paper was small and folded over it. He opened the note. Dear Michael, I know you've been having a tough time at school. I heard about this product on my favorite podcast, Talking Pictures Trivia. Maybe you'll like it, Mom. He leaned down, and he opened the box. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth. A coming-of-age story of young love. This week, on sale, Screaming Lapel Pins has the dilapidated penguin. Pick one up wherever Screaming Lapel Pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth. A coming-of-age story of young love. Read by me, Tom. Chapter 3. The Library Wall. Inside the box was something small and metal apparently fitting within the palm of his hand. It looked like a lapel pin, but with a figure carved into the top part of the pin. That's when in Jane walked. He looked up and then looked away. Something was wrong. She looked... off. Without noticing him, Jane charged to the back of the library. A moment passed, and then... Michael heard someone knocking... Placing the gift in his pocket, he sneaked forward, tiptoeing towards the back of the library. Peering between two books on the shelf, he saw Jane. She had removed several of the books on a back wall shelf and was knocking on what appeared to be a blank wood panel. She knocked twice more, and then the wall slid aside, revealing an opening. Jane ducked down and vanished, as the wood panel behind her slid mysteriously back into place. The library went quiet. Michael's jaw dropped. What was that? He crept forward. The wall seemed solid. Pressing against it did nothing to move it. How many times did she knock? He knew he saw two knocks, but how many knocks did she make before? One or two? He thought a moment, and... 
Two knocks. He knocked. Again. He waited. The wood panel slid away, and the dark cement hallway revealed itself. Michael took a breath, ran back to his table to grab his bag, and stepped into the darkness. Behind him, the door shut. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth. A coming-of-age story of young love. Read by me, Tom. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale The Rivalrous Walking Catfish. Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a screaming lapel pin production. The Jane of My Youth. A coming-of-age story of young love. Read by me, Tom. Episode 4. The Hallway. He walked, footfalls echoing in the night of this new space. Cold shot through his fingers and down his back as he tried to guide himself down the dark hallway. Two or three steps later, a light came on. He looked up and saw a single yellow bulb dangling from a long wire. Down the hallway, a few more lights sparked into being exposing the hallway, spreading light from bulbs dangling down four or five feet from the ceiling. The light in the hallway dimmed as he descended, cold air continuing to shoot upward. His body shivered in that space as he dropped into what he imagined was the bowels of the school. After about four or so minutes of walking, he came to a large wood door that was slightly ajar, from behind the door, he could hear a large metal machine screaming. Michael tiptoed forward. The door's smooth surface revealed nothing of the intention of the room behind it. He crouched down and leaned forward, looking through the crack in the door from his knees on the floor. What he saw made his mouth drop open. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale the impignorating Kakapoo. <laughs> Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents 
A screaming lapel pin production. The Jane of My Youth. A coming-of-age story of young love. Read by me, Tom. Chapter 5. The Mad Scientist. Michael looked through the secret door into a dusty room. This room was set up like the theater of a Victorian medical school. Large, curved, brown benches were arranged in a series of elevated ellipses looking down on a long metal table, large enough to comfortably seat twelve people. Oil lamps illuminated the massive room. Standing at the head of the table was Jane. Her strawberry blonde hair dangled over her shoulders. In her hands she held a small black welder. At the other end of the table stood a tall man with white hair. Michael couldn't see his face. It was covered with a black welder's mask. In the center of the table was what looked like a large superconducting magnet, a collection of metal discs stacked on top of one another with a coil tightly wrapped around those discs. Jane was welding two ends of two wires together. The tall, white-haired man watched from across the table, unmoving. Behind them, on the back wall of the theater, a large electrical board more than twelve feet in height and covered in different colored lights and differently sized levers and buttons glowed. A rainbow of different colors vanished under the bright white sparks generated by the welding machine. Jane stopped and placed the welder down on the ground beside the table. The man removed his mask. He was clearly in his sixties, with wide blue eyes and a too thin face covered in wrinkled skin. It's complete, the voice crumpled leather. The machine is ready. All we need now is the cube. Jane's authority chilled Michael. I will get it now. The man turned and walked towards the back wall. He disappeared behind a door next to the complex machinery. Michael leaned forward and accidentally brushed against the door, causing it to squeak. He jumped back into the hallway, hoping no one heard him. Is someone there? Oh, God. Jane's voice. He held his breath, waiting. He could hear her shoes ascending the stone theater, her voice a questioning threat. Hello, is someone there? Michael jumped up and grabbed his bag and was about to run when... Riley grabbed him by the shirt. Michael gasped. Hey, Jane, Riley called, grabbing Michael. I've got him. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale The Allotrating Satanic Leaf-Tailed Gecko. <coughs>
pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 6, The Regurgitating Phoenix. Michael felt himself being dragged downward by the collar of his shirt. He tried to struggle, but Riley's grip was iron. His feet slapped the stairs of the stone theater. He leaned his head back to see Jane. She had removed the welder's mask and was now staring down at him, her eyes blank and black. The man with the white hair also had removed his welder's mask and watched as Riley pulled Michael into the center of the room. Dr. Marbosa, what shall I do with him? The white-haired man replied, I don't know yet. The project is almost complete. We just need to acquire the final product. Once we have that, his peeping won't amount to a hill of beans. For then, the passageway will be open. Have you acquired the final product? Not yet. No, sir, Riley replied. On the table, the machine began to glow. A sound emanated out from it, and Michael could feel the room shake. Jane, turn it off. It's not yet ready. Jane, without blinking, went to the back of the room and yanked downward on a giant switch. The room stilled. The noise stopped. The sound died. Good, my pet, Mabusa said. Now, Help fasten our young guest's arm to the chair. I think he may serve as a witness to the beginning of the end. She went towards a number of tools that had been left to the side of the giant switchboard. As Riley held him down, she tied one of his arms to the chair and handed Riley the other rope. As Riley worked, Michael's new gift fell from his pocket and spilled out onto the floor. Jane leaned down, very slowly, and with the tips of her red nails grasped and raised the item. Dr. Mabosa. He turned, alarmed at the sound in her voice. He looked down and saw what she saw, and his face blanched. Is that? I think it is. He shot forward with possessed, angular movements. He took the object in his hand. It is it, the final product. Screaming lapel pins, regurgitating phoenix. Without a word, Jane went back to the lever and pulled. The machine glowed, and Dr. Mabusa approached and placed the pin on top of the box. A horrible scream echoed through the room as the phoenix head began to yell. Above them, in the middle of the air, a small rip appeared, hovering in the center of the world, and began to take the form of a circle. At the circle's lip, Michael could make out what appeared to be small white hands curling their fingers over the reality of the medical theater. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pin has on sale the Bibbling Eye-Eye. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 boop.
Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a screaming lapel pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 7, The Secret Agent. The entire room glowed green. The small white hands dipped downward. Michael pulled on the ropes, holding him to the chair. He tried to see into the rip in the space, but he could barely make out what appeared to him to be an enormous white and red landscape filled with tall and fat trees. The hands seemed to be attached to long white arms governed by a mind within a small white and black head. Michael couldn't see the details in the head, couldn't see what part of the heads were white and what parts were black. He thought he saw maybe yellow or blonde hair, but he wasn't sure. The green light shot through the room. His eyes watered. Jane maintained her position, but Dr. Mabosa walked towards the tear, his mouth swinging on the hinge of his jaw. My God, they are here, really here. His pale hand levitated into the air, when all at once a loud noise erupted. Michael, Mabosa, and Jane turned to the source of the sound. At the top of the theater stood Riley, holding a smoking thirty-eight special. I'm sorry, Jane, but I'm here to stop you. Riley, gun-pointed, moved slowly to the floor of the theater. Holding the gun with his right hand, he undid the ropes around Michael's wrists with the other. Turn it off, Jane. Turn it off now. Jane removed the lapel pin. The tear in the center of the room snapped shut. The green light vanished. The hands vanished. The palette of white and black and yellow. The landscape of red and white. All vanished. Hands in the air. I'm sorry, Jane, but we don't know how dangerous the box is, and we can't let you go forward on it. Who are you? Mabosa asked. I work for the CIA, FBI, and NSA. In the intelligence world, I'm known as the Triple Threat. Riley holstered his gun and walked towards Mabosa. Hands behind your back. I'm taking you in. Mabosa turned and faced the wall. As Riley grabbed Mabosa's wrists, suddenly the tear in the sky reopened, the green light returned, and a small, white hand dropped from the middle of the sky, grabbed Riley, and pulled him backward into the opening. All Michael could hear as the white bodies began to drop into the medical theater was Riley screaming for mercy. After a few moments, a single stream of blood began to drip onto the floor, forming a large pool before the three still living bodies. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pin has on sale the obobulating Markor. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop.
Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 8, The Alien Menace. As the blood spread around the table on the floor, Michael saw one of the figures drop onto the center of the room. It was short and not distinctly one gender or the other. The low levels of white light and the green glow reflected off of the white skin or covering of the creature. Riley's blood spread out before it as it began to work its way further into the theater. Michael couldn't look at the being. It seemed so otherworldly. Its face was not recognizable from the rest of its hazy form. Michael inched backwards, trying not to trip, trying not to lose sight of whatever this thing is. Mabusa slid towards the being, the rubber heels of his cheap shoes clogging with blood. Aliens, you see. Aliens from afar. All along, I knew that screaming lapel pins had manufactured the gateway between the planets. Their snazzy luxury wear, sexual appeal, and howling animal heads were merely a cover for their scientific research into locality displacement. We now can bring forward extraterrestrials from the planet Kepler-442, over 100 light-years away. Do you see, Jane, my pet? These are those superior beings who sent us the instructions to build the box. We only need to find the key, and thankfully our little Michael here had just the one we needed. Join the pin and box. Open the gateway to a superior being, a species that will rule the world. Jane stepped back. Still silent, she looked on, expressionless. What was wrong with her, Michael thought, still believing somewhere in the back of his mind that after all of this was said and done, they could go out on that date. He moved towards her, and Mabusa moved closer to the alien. Welcome, my friend, to Earth, your new kingdom. The creature turned and reached a long, slender limb towards Mabusa, yanking him forward. At that moment, Jane held up her hand over Michael's eyes. He heard Mabusa scream, a long, nasal, painful scream, interrupted by the sound of blood catching in his throat. When Jane took her hand away, Michael saw what had happened. The alien had pulled the head and spinal column directly out of the body of Mabusa, exposing webs of nerves and tendons, rotting on the red, dying meat of his ruined muscles. His eyes had exploded, ocular jelly dripping down his cheeks and onto the broken muscle tissue still linked to his back. His voice still worked, and he screamed, 
begging for mercy as the alien began to slowly tear bits of muscle from off Mabusa's face and placing it into its mouth. Blood spouted out of the flayed body like water from the Trevi fountain. The alien grabbed Mabusa's tongue and yanked it out of his head, causing another enormous stream of blood to shoot out of Mabusa and hit Michael square in the forehead, dripping down his nose and still open mouth. He grabbed Jane's hand. Run! This has been Talking Pictures Theater presentation of A Screaming Lapel Pin Production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale the lacerated avocado hoarding white-breasted nuthatch. Pick one up wherever Screaming Lapel Pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 9, The Cult's Imperatives. Jane and Michael sprinted for the door. Behind them, the white beings from Kepler-442 fell onto the hard ground. They surrounded the remains of Mabusa and began eating his body, even as other Keplerites crushed his skull. They jumped out from the room and ran down the hallway. Behind them, Keplerites could be heard walking through the space. They made hissing noises that made the room feel populated with snakes. They ran, bursting out of the opening in the back of the library wall. Miss Connor, the librarian, shushed them as they charged through the stacks and into the main reading area. Michael, yelling for everyone to run or hide or just get away. Michael and Jane kept going, through the glass library doors, through the brown carpeted hallway, and out the front doors into the semicircle driveway set before the school. Michael's mother was there. Wearing a long, black duster and standing before a red convertible sports car, Jill, her long black hair wrapped in a sensible ponytail, didn't bat an eye. Did they come through? Yes. They killed Mabusa. This is why I moved here, Jane. To try and stop you and that crazy old man. Michael, please tell me you still have the lapel pin from earlier. He blushed. The pin, last he saw, had been left in the machine. I'm sorry, Mom, they... they took it. Wait, Jane said. She held out her hand. Inside was the regurgitating phoenix. I grabbed it just before we ran. Excellent, Jill said. Then we have a chance. How can the pin stop the aliens? Michael asked. What do you mean by aliens? Those aren't aliens. Jane and Michael stood there, wide-eyed. But Mabusa said they came from planet Kepler-442, Jane muttered, her normally indifferent gaze breaking into panic. That's what he thought. Often the ancient scrolls of the cult of the screaming lapel pin reference visitors from the heavens. One school, who studies the ancient philosophy, 
The regurgitators, they believe the secret of each pin is in the sound it makes. Well, they saw the phrase from the heavens and interpreted it to be an extraterrestrial being. The numerology and symbiological research points in the direction of the star system in which modern scientists have found Kepler. However, I come from the school of Phoenix. Those who believe the secret lies not in the type of scream, as all animals may scream in many ways, so saith the scripture of the holy lapelpin, but in the species of animal. We acknowledge the metaphysical, not merely the material as those regurgitators do. And we know the prophecy of Lionel the Duck clearly indicates that once the holy rectangular prism interacts with the mightiest symbol of our order, the regurgitating phoenix, it shall open a pathway to the world beyond and the angels of the dark lord, the dilapidated penguins, Lucifer to our divine phoenix, will rise up. So those were... Michael said, Yes, Michael, those were demons. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale The Sadness of the Dying Buffalo. Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a screaming lapel pin production, The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 10. Apocalypse. Michael. His mother, Jill, and Jane drove down the highway, easily passing ninety miles an hour. No one feared the police, for behind them, resonating from the school, a great darkness was passing over the earth. Glowing white demons flew through the air, lifting people from off the ground and carrying them into the black clouds. Screaming echoed through the sky as the people within the darkness were torn and tortured by these aberrations. So hard and constant did blood strike the ground that to Michael's ears it sounded like rain. His mother had to turn on the windshield wipers to push away the thick red clot catching on the car. Mom, Michael ventured, what's going on? How do you know, Jane? What is this lapel pin anyway? Where are we going? His mother slammed down an exit and onto a wooded back road. Making several turns off any road one might call paved, Jill took the convertible through a narrow path between large oak trees. The road rose dramatically as the car began rocketing up a mountain path. It finally reached the top a large clearing overlooking the town below. A black cloud pulsated with white-haired demons breathing. The demons, little specks from this height, dove downward, and the land below the cloud glowed with monstrosities. 
Michael could make out a mountain of limbs, legs and arms still twitching. Thousands of people climbed the mountain, looking for dissected body parts, screaming in pain and confusion. Jill killed the engine. I'm sorry I never told you, but I am the daughter of a high priestess in service to the holiest of the sacred screaming lapel pins, the regurgitating phoenix. The phoenix, she protects our world through the gift of time, Kairos, the award to humanity. For years, my mother and I protected the phoenix's lapel pin avatar, surveying the globe to make sure that the cult of the dilapidated penguin did not recover the magic rectangular box, a lost artifact that is said to be able to bridge the gap between the penguin's minions and our existence, allowing the penguin himself to take control of time through the magic of Kronos, his absolutist and unvaried time. Time that runneth onward, void of sense, absent of humanity. Before she died, my mother had a vision from the prophet Lionel, leading us to this place. Apparently, a local scientist had discovered the box, and unbeknownst to him, his assistant was a member of a secret branch devoted to the Dark Lord. That's why we moved here, Michael, to stop Jane. Oh my God. Wait, wait, what are we doing here? This is the worship ground of the goddess Phoenix. I thought to come here, hopefully to draw her power, but honestly, Michael, I think I might be too late. The gateway has been opened. I, I don't know how to close it. Just then, the world shook as if struck by a meteorite. All three looked. In the center of a city, his head piercing through the dark cloud, stood a 300-foot-tall penguin completely covered in blood. It squawked a mighty squawk and turned towards the mountain. Hey there, the penguin said. I'm going to eat you up, see? And then the earth shall be the land of the dilapidated penguin, <laughs> see? He walked towards them, kicking over the mountain of limbs as he did, those limbs falling and crushing the people below them. Michael, Jill, and Jane gathered together. I'm sorry, Jane said. I did not realize how horrible it would be. The three watched as the penguin of death approached them. This has been a Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pins production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale The Silence of the Broken Chipmunk. Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold. Talking Pictures Trivia Theater presents a screaming lapel pin production. 
The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love, read by me, Tom. Chapter 11. Finale. For a moment, within the apocalypse, the world froze. Michael stepped forward and looked down the mountain he was standing on, at the bloodied town below. In the far distance, beyond the great, blood-covered penguin charging towards him, he could see a dog licking the hand of what appeared to be a dead body. The dog licked for a time, then laid his head on the chest of the dead person, keeping still. Across the street from where he lay, an apartment building burned. Bodies streamed out the front door. Bodies fell from balconies, the fire illuminating the dog. Michael could see he was licking his owner's face. The image unfroze time. Mom, we have to do something, he yelled to Jill. This is the worship ground of the goddess Phoenix. There has to be something here we can use. I don't... I don't know. I think we might just be too late. Wait, Jane said, stepping forward. Dr. Mabusa and I found something. What? he yelled. It's the pin. It can shoot a ray of power from it. That's what happened when we placed it into the magical rectangular prism. It shot a beam into the void, creating an opening into hell. But what can we do? We don't have the prism. Jill stepped in. I think I have an idea. What? We are in the mountain of the regurgitating phoenix. Here we worship the divine forces of Kronos and Kairos. Maybe we can call on them. Jill began to pray. From the woods of the mountain emerged a cadre of women in gray robes. Sisters, Jill called. We need to pray to the goddess Phoenix. The women surrounded Michael in the form of a rectangle. They began to chant in Latin. You guys are mine, see? The penguin roared. I'm going to rip you apart. The women began to chant in unison. The penguin lifted his wing and smashed a row of chanting women. Their blood and innards smacked against his and Jane's bodies. Responding in pure fear, Michael lifted the screaming lapel pin, still clutched in his hand. Move away! Return to your home! We here embrace Her Majesty, the regurgitating phoenix! I call upon her from her avatar that I embrace. Stand down, penguin! Michael held up the lapel pin. Nothing happened. Oh, you have the pen, see? Well, my goodness, that has no power without the rectangular prism. <laughs> Let Kronos reign. The penguin lifted the wing, ready to finally destroy Michael. Suddenly, Jane ran forward, putting her arms around Michael's head. The pin, the box, they're just stand-ins for the people who fight in their name. Be the pin and I will be the box. They both closed their eyes and kissed. Jane's body glowed with the power of the rectangular prism, and the power passed from Jane through Michael and burst through the pin. 
A tremendous scream echoed from the mouth of the phoenix as a bright ray shot out of its mouth and hit the penguin. Oh no, see? You found love. Only love combined with a magnificent screaming lapel pin can defeat me. No! The penguin's body heated with the power of the pin and suddenly exploded. Thousands of gallons of blood rose in the air and began to rain down on the city, washing bodies out from the street. Hundreds of tons of penguin guns dropped from the sky, crushing cars, homes, and an oblivious jogger. Jane and Michael broke apart. The pin dimmed. The scream stopped. My God, you did it, Jane. No, Michael, we did it. Jill stood up and approached them. The job isn't over yet. The opening between the worlds still exists. In order to close it, we need to restore the balance between Kronos and Kairos, the subjective and the objective. All life is ruled by the balance of those forces of reality. But what should we do? You need to walk to the edge of the cliff and jump. If your faith is true, you shall rise in the air and become the constellation of Kronos and Kairos. But mom, if I do this, we won't see each other again. I know, son. But when I look into the sky at night, in a world safe from the great and terrible penguin, I will be comforted to see you looking down upon me. Michael hugged his mother. Okay, Mom. Well, I'll see you real soon then. Tears welled up in his eyes. He grabbed Jane's hand. Together they ran and leaped off the cliff. Their bodies hit the ground and they died instantly, obviously. But their souls rose into the air and transformed together into the shape of a phoenix and a penguin. Kronos and Kairos. Objective time and the subjective moment. Forces in balance. When they did, the dead resurrected, standing up. The blood dried in the street. The pile of discarded limbs crawled and kicked their way back to their possessors and magically reattached themselves. The owner of the dog sat up and petted his good boy. The only bodies that remained were those exploded corpses of Jane and Michael. Jill looked up at the great image of her savior floating in the air. That's my boy. All hell, the regurgitating phoenix and her prophet, Lionel the Duck. And so, Jane and Michael went into the void between the worlds, as constellations of stars do when they finally pass from this reality. And they waited, and they waited, concealed in the darkness, first determined to protect the earth, but after a while, finding themselves controlled by the eternal loneliness of the roles that had forever consumed them. This has been a Talking Pictures Theater presentation of a Screaming Lapel Pin production. The Jane of My Youth, a coming-of-age story of young love. This week, Screaming Lapel Pins has on sale the asthmatic mongoose.
And lastly, I, Tom, want to dedicate this show to our best-selling pin, the dilapidated penguin. May our dark lord one day rise again. Pick one up wherever screaming lapel pins are sold.